0: They say that home is where the heart is. Maybe that's why so many fall in love with Big Pine Key and Florida's Lower Keys. With epic ocean views, unspoiled wilderness, sandy beaches, abundant wildlife, RV resorts, and Stock Island's rustic charm, Florida's Lower Keys don't skip a beat. For more about the Lower Keys and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash lowerkeys.
1: Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter.
2: The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Welch & Company Jewelers, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, the Syracuse Fitness Store, and our great, great friends at Rosie's Corner. If you're in and around Central New York, make sure you head on over to Rosie's Corner today. They've got awesome hot and cold subs, pizza and wing combinations, and more. And, of course, mac and cheese is available every Thursday and Friday, along with Fish Friday with your fries and coleslaw as well. Desserts to go, Pepsi products, salads, you name it, all at Rosie's Corner, and gift cards are available for every occasion on Facebook, on Instagram, and they will deliver via Grubhub as well. Rosie's Corner in Burton, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Let's talk some St. Bonaventure men's basketball with a terrific beat writer for Pick and Splinters. It's Chucky Maggio on Twitter, at Chucky Maggio. That's at Chucky, M A G G. I-O, and you can go check them out at com. Chucky, great to have you, buddy. How are you? Thanks for having me, Mike. Always uh, always happy to talk about adventure basketball. Yeah, no doubt. I'm obviously in that camp as well. How how good can this team be this upcoming season? How, how good can it get?
1: Depending on how it, things go in the non-conference, which it's the most Difficult non-conference schedule shaping up to be a March Marchman's tenure. Uh, depending on how that goes, they could it, this team could be the top twenty-five team that people have been talking about. Maybe as high as top fifteen. Um, I've seen some uh, connections and comparisons to, to the to the Davidson team, the Davidson uh, COVID nineteen twenty team. I don't know about that because I don't know if this team. Has a player as dominant as Obi Toppin, but I think that uh, this team could could go deep in in the NCAA tournament, and for for one, accomplish the one thing that uh, that the program hasn't accomplished in the last fifty years, which is win a game in the round of sixty four and uh, try to get to that second weekend.
2: So, through the years, Mark Schmidt has just found these diamonds in the rough, you know, where they're nobodies to college basketball, but they get to Bonaventure, and it's a perfect Schmidt player, it's a perfect Bonaventure program player, and they right. grow in the program, and they become, they're not at the time, they might even not even rate, they might not even be a one or two star, uh, some of them are, uh, but then they become to what Bonaventure is, they become four stars, they become five stars to that program, to what the fan base sees and, 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 and Bonna country in terms of knowing how important those players are. One of those guys is Jaron Holmes. Have you seen, when did you realize that he was going to take off at St. Bonnie? Because I'll tell you what, man, he is, I know the big three gets most of the attention, right? You know, Welch gets it. Oshun gets it. Lofton gets it. I get that. But to me, Holmes is like that, that rock of the team, man. You know, like he, he's the guy that like just keeps it all together. When did you see him becoming that player that I'm describing inside Schmidt's program?
1: You know, you can say a bunch of different options, right? But I think that the moment that really sealed it, the moment that everyone really realized how important he was to the team, was that, uh, it was that A-10 game at Rhode Island this year where he was, he was hurt. He had concussion uh, symptoms. And or, or, or I, I don't remember exactly what the injury was, but he didn't, he didn't play in that game uh, due to injury and you saw how the team performed without him. The offense wasn't as smooth. Things weren't as connected on either side of the floor because he is that leader. He is that guy who knows exactly where uh, he wants the ball to go, and he's he's a coach, he's the coach out there on the floor. Schmidt always, Schmidt always says uh, they've got a lot of coaches on the floor, but he is one very important, obviously, piece to the team, and uh, when, when he wasn't out there against Rhode Island, everyone knew he was pretty good already but everyone knew how valuable he was to the team after that loss
2: um you you went to to bana you get it you cover the team you know how important i know you you try to be subjective uh, just a little bit less now and more objective because you're in the business but let's face let's face facts here right i mean the riley center being back to full capacity and i know you can go SEC, you can go any NFL stadium, you can go to the Major League Baseball playoffs, you can, go, you can go all over the place. And yet, there's still some places, I think, that rise above others where you're like, man, remember that? Remember that atmosphere pre-corona? Like, what the heck is that building going to be like this year?
1: I think it's going to be absolutely bonkers. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll use that word. It's going to be insane. Uh, that first That first Saturday game, uh, whenever that may be, is going to be just ab- absolutely nuts. It'll, it'll almost definitely be sold out, I think. Mm-hmm. They've been selling very well on season tickets, and people have been obviously so itching to see this team and with all the expectations. Uh, I don't think there's going to be anything quite like it in the A-10 because of the combination of how the team is supposed to do and just because of how much this, the, the city and the town love basketball. Uh, it's a, it's a special connection and I think we're going to see it all over college basketball, but, uh, for those teams with, with high expectations, uh, and and with the impact that, you know, that the, uh, arena can have on the, on the team's play when it's, when it's jumping, um, I, I don't think there'll be many comparisons like it in, in college basketball this year, because I just think it's going to be electric. It's going to be insane.
2: Chucky Maggio, the Bonaventure men's basketball beatman for Pick and Splinters. Go get him on Twitter at Chucky Maggio. He does a great job covering the Red Wings in Section 5 as well. And uh, PickandSplinters.com for more of his work. Um, the schedule is, is fantastic. I mean, you've got the Charleston Classic. You've got uh, uh, Loyola. You've got well, Maryland. You've got uh, Virginia Tech. That'll be a tough game. Um, you've got Northern Iowa at home, you know, right around Thanksgiving time. Can you compare the difficulty of this schedule to, to one in the recent past? Does it, does it compare to, a, to one in terms of the challenges, Chucky?
1: I, I think that 17-18 is close because uh, that that was a really uh, difficult schedule when you look back at it, and it really prepared them for, for the rigor of the A-10. The, the Emerald Coast Classic was just fantastic with two really good Maryland and uh, TCU teams. Right. Uh, they faced they face Vermont. They faced Syracuse. Yep. Uh, they faced the, a, a pretty good Northeastern team. It turned out that year, uh, obviously, UB, that was that was a very tough schedule. But I think when you look at this year, the fact that they're facing Boise State, which which has been a great program a really for a while yeah. now. Yep. They, they, if, if you remember uh, the freshman year for, for Lofton, and O'Shun and uh, Dom Welch and, and those guys, uh, they played Boise State down Welch and O'Shun O'Shuni and they lost to Boise State. So that'll be a tough game already in the first round. Then you got Clemson or Temple. You have a potential West Virginia championship game, uh, which West Virginia is always incredibly, incredibly tough. Bob Puggins, just an incredible coaching matchup there. And then after that, they have six days to prepare for Northern Iowa. Uh, that Virginia Tech game is going to be uh, a really high-level game. In Charlotte, Virginia Tech is expected to be a top-25 team as well. Virginia Tech plays plays teams like Memphis and, uh, and and Dayton, too. So Virginia Tech has a chance to really elevate its stock before that game. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a very challenging schedule. Uh, there's there's the the rumors and and I think people are expecting a, a power five team, another power five, power six team. I think people are people have been talking about UConn uh, being on that list. In, in, in uh, Newark, New Jersey, has been bandied about. Um, obviously, still some things to finalize there, but you get UConn on the schedule. I don't care who they, who they have that's a that's a brand name team and a team that's always going to compete in the big east. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting interesting schedule. there's a good mix of very challenging games and games that are they're just going to add to the add to the win loss and, and you know they can't lose like they can't lose to Siena, they can't lose to to Canisius, those teams Coppin uh, State. but but they really made it a challenge. I think Loyola Maryland is going to be uh, going to be a pretty good team, too. Uh, so it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it ends up stacking up. Uh, but I think even Schmidt has said that this is his hardest non-conference schedule yet, and uh, I, I, I'll trust what he says about that.
2: Final one for you. What's your favorite part about covering this program?
1: It's never boring. <laughs> there never seems to be uh, a season where – uh, the, the the team just stays at the same level all year, uh, even even in, with years where there's very little expectation. Uh, they they still make it very interesting uh, to cover them. Uh, there's obviously been been some insane uh, games and moments and really things to keep you on your toes. But I think just seeing how it's it's like evolved, like seeing the uh, seeing the fan support. Um, grow for the team seeing the interest grow and seeing people really really be very interested in in every article Um, it's a it's a thing that you won't get at at those uh, those power five like those football heavy schools like they're focusing on football until just late december january like these, these 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 people are crazy like they want they want coverage 365 they can get it so uh i think that the that the readership you can you can uh appeal to um there's 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 just nothing like it with a small with a small program but also a program that's all about basketball and uh yeah like i said it's it's never boring so it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh this season
2: Chucky Maggio, the uh, SBU men's basketball beatman for Pickin' Splinters, also a Bonaventure alum in his own right, at Chucky Maggio on Twitter, and get him at Pickin' Splinters as well and Pickin'Splinters.com. We are Pickin not splinters. that far
1: away. Com. go to the site. <laughs> yeah,
2: no doubt about it. Look, Chucky, you do awesome work. I'll keep pushing your stuff. Thanks for jumping on here, man. Thank you, Mike. Have a great one. DML Sports Platter is brought to you by our good friends at Barks and Rec, Doggy Daycare, Sit Means Sit Syracuse, the Vince Guerra Consulting Group, and Welch and & Company Jewelers. Go shop the showcase today at welchjewelers.com. Engagement rings, wedding rings, you name it, necklaces, watches. They've got it all at Welch & Company Jewelers. A big tip of the cap thank you as well to Bryant & Stratton College of Syracuse, Stanley Law Offices, and the Swan & Whitaker families for their support of the platform as well can't wait to chat with this next guest of the program he covers the panthers for uh, a terrific platform out there if you don't know uh, about it it's called the riot report and also covers college football for athlon sports he's also a weekly contributor to uh, a group with the las vegas chronicle and uh has just been doing it a long time covering football and, and really enjoy his work it's antoine staley he's on twitter at antoine staley Antoine, thanks for a few minutes, buddy. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Are you looking forward more to the NFL or college football, if you had to pick one?
0: um, I mean, I, I, I guess if you're forcing me to pick one, I definitely uh, would say the NFL. But, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to college too as well. It's definitely um, – so many changes that's happened throughout the course of the all season in college and you know I think I don't know if anybody has a necessarily a gauge on who's gonna win the national championship at this point. Most people just pick out Alabama or Clemson just simply because, you know, what they've done recently. But I could definitely see a team like Oklahoma and you know, winning the national championship with everything they got
2: coming back. So it's interesting that you bring that up because we have so many things going on, right? We've got the name image and likeness. We've got Oklahoma, Texas trying to bail to go to the SEC. We've got uh, other conferences and teams making plans for the future. Do you think that college football, Antoine, will go to the NFL model eventually? I mean, it, it seems almost inevitable, right? With all these programs just switching conferences, that that we're going to have almost an east-west, you know, kind of north-south type of type of thing going on here. I think with the
0: expanded playoffs that's going to come, I think it's going to bring to spring interesting dialogue. To be honest with you, I mean, obviously with the SEC, you got. Have like a super conference of some sorts. I know the ACC and and, and the Big Ten and the Pac twelve are going to have like this uh, alliance, if you will. Uh, this you know scheduling, you know tougher non conference games. But at the end of the day, yeah, I definitely think you could possibly see. That. I always I thought we have like four major conferences anyway at some point. And I still, even though with this alliance, I still feel that way because at a certain point, I mean the SEC, you know, even if you're spending the playoff, the SEC may get like or seven teams in that playoff. And, you know, I think these other teams are going to say, how, how's that fair? And they're going to let the form do what's the best interest for them and let the form a super conference of their own. And, you know, I think we'll have the Pac-12. I think we'll have the ACC and the Big 10 and the Big 12. I, I don't know how they're going to survive. Just kind of like what happened with the Big East this kind of goes away. And, you know, even though you might be able to get a team like a Boise State in there, it's still not going to be on the same level as having a Texas or Oklahoma.
2: You know, one thing, though, that 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 makes me a little sad about all this is that, as you know, college football is so regionalized and it's so yeah. about the rivalries that uh, occur with teams that even are right near each other. You know, Auburn, Alabama being probably at the top of the forefront in terms of the Iron Bowl, you know, a lot of that. A lot of that could go away. I mean, it really could yeah. because, because you're going to have I – Tim, mean, it, it already has started to go away because we don't have Nebraska-Oklahoma like we used to, right? We don't have yeah. – we don't have a lot Texas, of that anymore. a and I, don't, I Texas, Texas. Exactly, exactly. And I don't think – I got to tell you, I don't think Oklahoma-Texas in the SEC will be anywhere near what it was in the Big 12 because I just – you know, it's not – they're newcomers to it, man. We know LSU, we know Georgia, we know Auburn, we know Alabama. We don't know Oklahoma and Texas as those entities in the rivalry, and that rivalry will be there. Will be some some lost luster there when they get to that conference.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be different. Uh, it will be it'd be interesting to see if they stay in Dallas too, because you know, it's always a neutral site game. I imagine so, but you know with the. Wait, going into a new conference, they might decide to do a home-and-home home, Um, in that whole perspective. But, yeah, I mean, I think this all started when Miami and Virginia Tech uh, left to go to the ACC. And then after that, then it just kind of started to shift around. You know, ACC added some more teams. Obviously, the Pac-12 added some teams, Big Ten, then Maryland leaving the ACC, which I think is still weird to me. <laughs> I just, you know, I always thought Maryland just – yeah, I, I just think they're out of place in the Big Ten, but it's just you know neither here or there. But yeah, you're just losing those traditional rivalries, uh, especially regionalized like a West Virginia, Virginia Tech, or. Uh, Maryland, Virginia, or uh, like we said about Texas A&M, Texas. You, you talked about Nebraska, Oklahoma. We don't get that anymore, although we are getting that this year. But, yeah, I just think it's, it's just weird just to lose some of that luster. You know, college football is about rivalries and, you know, the long, the lift of them. And we're not able to get those traditional rivalries like we used to. And, you know, just – you know, in Colorado, Utah just doesn't have the same flair as like a Colorado, Nebraska back in the day. But that's
2: maybe that's just me. No, it's not. Just yeah, I, I completely agree. In fact, I remember when I was a kid. That Friday after Thanksgiving, we used to, always used to go up to my grandmother's. I think we used to have like a roast beef and potato and gravy dinner. And every single Friday, flip on Oklahoma, Nebraska was like the two thirty game or whatever on ABC. And it was it was like one of the great rivalries in all of college football, and those are the things that, that you just miss quite a bit. We're talking some football with Antoine Staley over there at the Riot Report and Athlon Sports covers it all in terms of uh, the Carolina Panthers and uh, college football. And you can get him at the Riot and follow him on Twitter at Antoine Staley. All right, give me the uh, you know give me the give me the outlook here, expectation wise. What what are you what are you give, give me ceiling floor for this Panthers team? in 2021?
0: Uh, I mean, I think the absolute ceiling would be probably about eight or nine wins. I think, offensively, I think they're going to be really good. Uh, I thought they were pretty good for the most part last year too at times but you know teddy bridgewater uh kind of struggled later on and you know playing pj walker uh for a start and you know now you upgrade to sam Darnold. or well, at least you think you upgrade to sam Darnold, who you know, I know a lot of people still have questions about him coming over from the jets but he's looked good throughout the course of the preseason the uh, panthers have been impressed with him so much they uh, they really didn't play him a whole lot outside of the third game. And uh, they believe that he can be that franchise type of quarterback. He remember, he's only 24 years old. Yeah. So it's definitely still a lot of time for him to develop and grow. And they believe this is a really critical year for him. And, you know, offensively, Bobby Anderson, D.J. Moore, obviously Chris McCaffrey returns. So I think offensively they're going to be really good. It's just a matter of the defensive end. Can they get the stops when needed? And at times last year they definitely could not. If they can just be a middle-of-the-road defense, even I definitely think eight or nine wins is a possibility. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but in that NFC South, outside of Tampa, there's a lot of questions right now. Uh, the Saints with Jameis Winston, I think they, they're probably going to be better than what is was um, expected, but nobody knows exactly how good they're going to be um, in terms of possibly returning to the playoffs in Atlanta. They're kind of the same boat as Carolina, really good offense. Uh, defense is not necessarily really good. So it could be a fun division just to watch throughout the course of the season.
2: It's going to be a blast. Are are you all in on
1: Matt Rule? Uh, I'm not uh, because I still, you know, it's going
0: into a second year. I just kind of want to wait and see. But, I mean, he has a seven-year contract, so he's not going to go anywhere probably for the next couple of years at least. But yeah, I mean, last year was just kind of bit of a wash. I think we kind of knew what we were gonna get, especially with them trying to rebuild the roster. This year, I think you you need to see some more significant progress mm-hmm. with Matt rule, and also Joe Brady too, as well the offensive coordinator. And he got a lot of job uh, he got a lot of job interviews um, throughout the course of the offseason. season. I think if the Panthers' offense is as good as I think it's gonna be he's probably not going to be there in Carolina too much longer uh, because I could definitely see somebody offering him a head coaching job, whether it be college or the NFL, somewhere down the line. But, yeah, I like Matt Rule. I think he's a nice guy. I think he, you know, obviously knows football. But is he going to be the guy that turns this thing around in Carolina? I don't know. I I think that remains to be seen. But, you know, it's still only his second year. So it's definitely still a lot of time, especially when you have such a leftover contract that he does.
2: I got a couple generic football questions to ask you, and then I'll let you run for for, for being a, a, a in East. You went to East Carolina, right?
0: Yeah, undergrad, and I have a grad degree in Syracuse. So yeah.
2: Oh, you did go to Cuse. Yeah. Okay. No kidding. I man, I boy, I could have just done a whole segment on that. I guess, but um, <laughs> so what? What is? I think East Carolina is one of the more underrated programs in the country in terms of just atmosphere and loyalty with the with the alum, right? I mean, isn't it? East Carolina is a pretty pretty good place to be.
0: Yeah, uh, football wise, they, I think uh, the last 10 years have been kind of, well, really the last seven years, really since they let go of Ruffin McNeil have been kind of rough. But even though you still got the loyalty of the fans, and uh, it's a great football town, uh, they got some really good games coming up this year. Uh, obviously, Thursday night, they got a game against Appalachian State that's going to be critical for Mike Houston and that program. And then after that, they got a game against South Carolina at home. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a good time for ECU. But, yeah, it, it, the program's been really good, I, I you know, as far as tradition and the fan base and the loyalty. And they've done a lot. And it is always football is always big um, this time of the year in Greenville, North Carolina for ECU. They revolve all around that. So, yeah, it's definitely a fun place to be, especially when they're winning. And I when I was there. Uh, they, that ten, five, 12 years ago, actually. Uh, in undergrad, they was, they were winning. And, oh, they had some good teams. Time yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. They had some they good
0: conference USA championships.
2: Yes, yes. When were you up in Syracuse then? Just to, uh, what two thousand? What would that have been? Thirteen for during the Maroon era? Did you make that time?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I was about around that time. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. What are you thinking now about that program? I mean, the way. Goodness for a little bit there with Dino, the you know the the double digit wins. I, it was obviously Eric Dungey helped it off a lot, but uh, overall the Dino, you know, they upset Virginia Tech, you upset Clemson, you have the ten win season, win the Camping World Bowl, but now we're kind of back to like, when's it going to get better again? You know, do you feel that way?
0: Uh yeah, I mean it, it's, a, it's a He got a big game coming up against Ohio uh, this weekend, and I think you know Syracuse. They, that's a game they need to win. Uh, and, to get some momentum because you kind of see the birds circling and you know a lot of people are talking about Dino you know babels and syracuse could potentially be one of the first major five, power five schools that make a move in the coaching ranks to uh firing but yeah it's a you know got a good ohio team uh who's traditionally been good and that's obviously you're playing on the road but that's a game you definitely need to win but yeah i think syracuse is probably looked at as probably the worst team in the ACC uh, this year, sadly. But, yeah, you go for that 2018 season, which seems like an eternity ago, and and you just really struggle. And, you know, this year they may struggle just to get two wins on the schedule. Like, that's how bad this team could be um, roster-wise. But I think it's a program where I always think that, you know, Syracuse, they're not going to win 10 games every year, but there's no reason why they can't be at least where Boston College is to Winning seven or eight games every now and then, and maybe you know squeaking out nine or ten after that. But yeah, I think it's a critical year for Babels too, and they have to get off to a good start, or otherwise, you know, you can hear a lot of rumors and
2: talks uh, or what could potentially happen down the line. I agree a hundred percent in terms of the start. I think that's where it all starts and ends. They've got to get out of the gate with you know, let's say three or four to start. Um, let me get you out here on two quickies. Give me your. I know you're a huge video game guy. Give me your favorite. Video game of all time, and you're a big hip hop fan, so give me your favorite rapper of all time. Uh, video games, I probably
0: would go with. Uh, I, I love, I love the Legend of Zelda series. I so love I probably it. would go with that. All right, uh, but my favorite video game of all time, I probably would say Mega Man Two off <laughs> the uh, Nintendo. And hip hop, I probably would just go. With, I would go with Nas. I think Nas is uh, mm-hmm. traditionally, even though a lot of people. Gravitate to Jay Z or Tupac or Biggie or somewhere like that. I think Nas, it's very uh, still underrated, but you just one of the incredible uh, lyricists and poets and storytellers in the, in the business.
2: Covers the Panthers for the Riot Report and college football for Athlon Sports. You can get him also as a weekly contributor to the Las Vegas Chronicle on Twitter at Antoine Staley. Check out the work at theriotreport.com as well. Video games, hip hop, ECU alum, QS alum, getting into it all with Antoine Staley. Thanks a lot, buddy. Hi, right, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse. Two great locations. Classes are underway, of course, Route 57 in Liverpool and in Syracuse on James Street. They've got a brand-new nursing program. Uh, they've got events happening all the time. Make sure you go check them out at bryantstratton.edu and, of course, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and uh, find out what it's like to be a Bobcat. Classes are always starting soon. Two- and four-year degrees at Bryant & Stratton College of Syracuse, the official college of the ML Sports Platter. Big tip of the cap, thank you as well to the Allen Angus Pub, Stanley Law Offices, CNY Electrical, and Bruton Hardware. Go get all your paint. Go get your grills, go get your pot soil, you name it. They've got some local distributors as well for your pickles and uh, barbecue sauce and other things going on. Brewerton Ace Hardware, Route 11, just off the Bartell Road exit in Brewerton. If you're in and around central New York, Ace is the helpful place in Brewerton. Go get every possible thing you need, interior, exterior, for your home. At Burton Ace Hardware. Big time thanks to Antoine Staley and Chucky Maggio for joining me here on the platter. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games.